Pirates or ninjas? <laughs> Wait, oh, um, I get to choose? Yes, pirates or ninjas. Wait, uh, do you need to um, do the opening? Have we started? Oh, yeah, we'll need to do that. Yeah. This is Reconceive with Benny and Lenny. I'm your host this time, Benny. And I am... Joined by my associate, Leonard. Pirates or ninjas? Um, I would say ninjas. I like ninjas, but I do also like a good pirate. You know, good old Jack Sparrow with the yards and the parrots and the scurvy. Wait, so you like scurvy? Well, I mean... I like the stereotype of pirates with scurvy. It adds character. You sick, twisted individual. I... No. That's not what I meant. But I don't really have an opinion on them, really. Um, they're just sort of like a, a caricature that I, I don't give much thought to. Yeah. They're certainly a caricature for what they're like. Um, you know, the Terror of the Seven Seas. They're cruel, demented. They're vicious. They're horrible, mean. They're bad. They kill a lot of people. They have scurvy. Um... They probably did have a lot of scurvy. I, I can't say that for sure, but that just seems right, mm-hmm. you know? But that being said, the the misconception and the misconceptions, plural, abound because we fundamentally misunderstand why pirates became pirates. And since we get that wrong, we get everything else wrong, too. So I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about that today. I think history is important. I think we need to have a proper understanding of people in the past because they're not all that different from people today Mm. so yes let's let's start off with the basics there's this idea that people have either implicitly or explicitly that pirates were more strange than normal or they were more evil than normal and neither is the case there's no evidence to suggest that they were any more sadistic than the average human being they were simply pirates a lot of them were former merchants. A lot of them were former privateers where the government had said, hey, you can be a pirate except you can only be bad to those guys and we'll pay you for it. And then the government stopped that and the pirates were like, life is boring now. How about we still be pirates? And then they were. That's how that worked. So being a pirate sometimes was sanctioned by the government? Like it, they had the government's endorsement? Yeah, so basically in wartime... The government would be like, okay, guys, you can be really mean to Spain. We don't like Spain. You're going to go bombard their coastland and set their ships on fire and stuff. And we'll pay you to do that. And we'll write these letters of Mark is what they were called. M-A-R-Q-U-E. I think there might have been an S at the end. And these letters of Mark said, I am officially allowed to go be really mean to Spain. Or like you're allowed to terrorize them. And it set forth the boundaries that they could actually follow. Those were called privateers. Mm-hmm. And they were legally... Allowed. They're like a form of warfare, except privatized. That concept is, goes back way far. Anyways, eventually the war was over and governments didn't want to spend that money. So they're like, okay, you guys are on your own now. You're no longer allowed to do that stuff. And these people would get bored with other life. And they were really good at privateering. So they were figured, why not we just continue doing this anyways? One particular professor essentially said that they're, if we understand pirates as rational individuals, which, I mean, they're human beings, so they want to evaluate things based on cost and benefits like everybody else then we need to understand that they were in unusual situations and that's what generated their decision to become a pirate and not 
just some inherent evil or strangeness that they had. So in other words, anyone could be a pirate in the right situations, or most people could. Huh. So with that understanding of pirates, the most common misconception that pirates just sort of hated each other and they were really mean all of the time to everybody all of the time. And that, that just can't be the case. And the simple reason that couldn't have been the case is because it's expensive to fight ships. So if you were to sneak up on, say, a merchant ship, which would have cannons and mechanisms for defense because they didn't want to be defenseless, obviously, on the high sea, it's a dangerous place. If you were to sneak up on a merchant ship and all of a sudden you're like, poof, we're pirates, you wouldn't want them to all of a sudden go, well, I guess we just have to fight you guys now. Because all of a sudden you're near a whole bunch of cannons, you're trying you're trying to conquer a ship that is actively avoiding you being conquered. You do not hmm. want to have to fight ships. Like, that's just costly. It takes time. It'll cost energy. You could sink your ship. You could sink their ship, and you're trying to capture their ship, not sink it. You could have people die. All sorts of bad things happen when you fight other ships. They didn't want that to happen. So what did they do instead? Well, they, they did conquer ships because, you know, the ships wouldn't just want to be like, hey, let's not fight back because we're nice people and we want these pirates to steal our stuff. So pirates had to very carefully foster what kind of reputation they had. They couldn't just be wantonly cruel because then everyone would fight back. It's like, oh, if they capture us, they're mean to everybody, regardless of whether they fight back or not. So we might as well fight back. And if their reputation was, oh, they're just nice to pretty much everybody, we might as well fight back because we want to keep our treasure. So like rational human beings, the pirates would have to strike a balance between, okay, we're going to be very mean and horrendously cruel to people who resist. And they were. The torture that they had was just very creative and terrible. I'm not going to describe it because it's it would probably be just, it would be too much. On top of that, pirate ships were laughably gunned. Like, they were ridiculously more capable than merchant ships. The average size of a pirate crew was about 80 men in the early 18th century. So that was much, much larger than the average merchant ship, which wanted to hire as few people as possible so you could, you know, have maximum efficiency. So they were right. very impressive and very scary just on the outset. It's like, oh, there's pirates. They outnumber us. They have better weapons than we do. You're outgunned and outmanned. And if we try to fight back, they will almost certainly win. Mm -hmm. And when they do, we're in for a whole bunch of trouble and pain. And they wanted to foster that reputation. They wanted people to understand that. So they would intentionally do these horrible things. But also in the historical record, you'll find them intentionally being very nice to people who cooperate. So oftentimes pirates would actually engage in these sorts of uh, relationships with these merchants. Like, okay, we just have a gentleman's understanding. You're not going to resist. I'm not going to take all your stuff. Because if you took all their stuff, if you try to capture them again, there's nothing for you to get. So they had a very complex system of reputation management that required they not be too brutal, just for the heck of it. And they can't have just been nice people, obviously, because they still tortured. So that was, it was calculated rationally, just like sort of the mafia. So beyond the understanding that we have to have about how pirates behaved regarding other people, people also assume that pirates were just sort of a bunch of lawless crooks who just fought each other all the time and they would just kill each other for the heck of it and they would steal from each other because you have more money than I do. And it would just be general anarchy 
Like you can imagine Somalia, except on a ship. And that's that's sort of what people envision. However, that's simply not the case because there's no way that would ever be economically viable. You can't have a bunch of murderers who murder each other out at sea with each other. Like that's just, it's physically not going to work. No one would ever want to become a pirate because they have better things to do. Mm-hmm. So, Leonard... What do you think the pirate codes look like? Because they'd have to have the contracts. Like, hey, you, when, you, when you sign up to be part of the ship, you sign this contract. What do you think those would look like? I would think that it was probably, like, fairly loose. Like, okay, don't kill anyone. Fairly loose? Yeah, as long as you didn't kill anyone, you were fine. That's about what I thought, too. And then I actually read these pirate codes because they're available online and they're recorded in various uh, journals of the past some resources would be a general history of the pirates by i believe daniel defoe was written at the time of the pirates by a historian who was interested and went on pirate cruise and that sort of thing and there are other recorded instances of us having the text of these contracts and they're remarkably consistent one i'm just hmm. going to read one contract in particular captain roberts bartholomew roberts or black bart he's more commonly known as not as famous as Blackbeard, but Black Bart, he's pretty close. Um, what time do you think that their bedtime was? Like, lights out at what time? Uh, the first time that came in my head was 7.30. <laughs> 8 o'clock. Well, I'm, wow, not too far. 8 o'clock at night. Pirates. These are killers living at sea. Grown men, and their bedtime is 8 o'clock. And this is, this is part of the contract. This is what they had to abide by. And they actually had a quartermaster, a dedicated officer, whose job it was to enforce these rules. Uh, hmm. How much gambling do you think was allowed? Um, I don't know. None. No person to game at cards or dice for money. It, it was forbidden. Really? Yeah, no, nobody was allowed to do it. You weren't allowed to steal. And if you were, the punishment was pretty severe. You weren't allowed to kill anyone. Again, the punishment would be very severe. You would either be killed or you'd be marooned, left on a desert island with nothing to do. It, it was miserable. And just like a nice little added bonus, the musicians, because you know, to play jigs and stuff, I'm not sure what musicians were doing on pirate ships. They had the Sunday off. So the, this is a group of, this is a criminal organization whose job it is to be really scary. They go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> They're not allowed to gamble. And they have musicians that get the Sunday off. And obviously they're not allowed to steal from each other. They're not allowed to commit violence. They're not allowed to fight on the ship. Because if they fight on the ship, then they could, you know, damage the, the bulwark or the rigging or the mast or something. So they had to do that on land. Like, all of these things were rigidly laid out. Basically like you'd imagine an actual constitution to be. Because they had to have a working society. Except they had to have it unlawfully. They had to have it criminally. It was a full criminal society. Out at sea. Mm. So, and and when I said when I said it was sort of like a, a government with a full constitution, that wasn't really hyperbole. They elected their captains. Their captains were democratically, unanimously elected. So you'd, you, they would actually have like election campaigns and speeches and advocacy, and people would vote. That's how they got their captains. Are you serious? I kid you not. This actually happened. And proof. If they didn't like their captain, they would just strip him of rank and they would vote somebody else up. So that sounds all neat and like, oh, sure, that's totally how it works. Yeah, one crew actually went through 13 captains in one voyage. Like in one excursion, they were like, okay, no more you guy. We need another guy. And they did that 13 times. At at some point, all the ex-captains are just banding together to get the new captain kicked off. (laughs) Well, perhaps. Um 
But that's that sounds really cool. You know, democracy is great and all, but without separation of powers, our founders basically found out that that doesn't really mean anything. You can just elect a demagogue and you're over. Right. So what our government has is a bicameral legislator. It has three parts of government, the judicial, the executive, and the legislative. And Correct. power is split between multiple individuals, so it's not easy to abuse it. Well, believe it or not, pirates did it before it was cool. So way back in... <laughs> the 18th century, between 1716 and 1726, pirates democratically elected their captains. They had constitutions, meaning they had the rule of law, and they had another officer called the quartermaster. Now, the captain, the the structure of power basically worked like this. It was a little different depending on the exact contract. The captain was in charge in battle. He was in charge of fighting, in charge of who goes where, in charge of... Didn't you uh, bring up the quartermaster earlier with the whole bedtime? Like he he's the quartermaster is exactly. the one who is the judicial. Maker. The quartermaster is the one who he's in part of the the dirty work, so to speak. So he's involved uh, with distributing treasure after they got a prize. He would be involved with um, giving out food, making sure everyone had rations, and he would also be in, like the judge of any disputes between two crew members. Gotcha. So he fulfilled a bunch of different roles. And the captain was in charge of like everything relating to the actual fighting. So which ships they go after how they conquer the ships, like, you know, which tack they're going to take, how they're going to approach, what they're going to say. He's also in charge of what happens during the fighting. Like, he's the logistical master in charge of everything while they're fighting. And then while they're not fighting, the quartermaster is in charge. And the quartermaster was also democratically elected. Hmm. So this this two-part leadership system, and it got more complex depending on the contract or the pirate code, worked on democracy and the rule of law and separation of powers, all before the founding fathers. Hmm. And why did they do this? It's not because they were just, they, they loved philosophy and they loved political science. It's because they needed good institutions and democracy is a good institution. The rule of law is a good institution. And so they just instituted it because they had to have it. Yeah, I would imagine if you're dealing with trying to make sure that your reputation is just right, you have to make sure that the your your crew and your ship is just right as well. In order to do this operation, exactly. you have to have this sophisticated of a system. Yeah, that's very, very true. This has been Pirates Reconceived. I'm your... What are we, Leonard? Are we co-hosts? Are we hosts each week? I, I'm I'm the guy in charge right now. I'm Ben. That's me. Well, I don't think we need to specify who's the host. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I didn't say it. I mean... It, they, and they that concludes the episode. Because...